Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Loaded. And uh, some people may think that you got to be loaded with money or with finances or with big houses or nice cars to say that. But how many of you know that all Christians all around the world, they can declare, I'm loaded because of what God's done in their life. And so we've been commanded repeatedly to be thankful. And uh, I was reminded of that because we celebrated, Jesse and I leave for South Carolina, that's where she's from, and we leave tomorrow to go celebrate Christmas with her family. And so we celebrated Christmas with my family yesterday. And uh, had all the kids sitting out opening presents. And uh, how many of you guys at your, fam- at your family get-togethers, you got to open up presents more than once just because the kids won't leave you alone. You're, you're like, fine, open up some presents, right? So that's kind of the point where we got, we were still an hour away from eating dinner. And, and we just finally said, hey, open up some presents. And then we ate dinner and then we opened up some more presents, okay? And uh, both times, both times, I had to remind the children to be thankful because both times, when they had opened up all their presents, one of them piped up and said, hey, is that all? In just a little kid faith, is that all? There's not anything hiding in the room, in, in, in the next room, right? There's not something that you're going to take us outside and show us, right? You didn't sw- spend all night putting together a trampoline, raise your hand, in the middle of the dark. Anybody in the house? I've heard some testimonies of that. But there's nothing else, right? And I had to tell them, hey. The appropriate response is, thank you. And sometimes, isn't that how we treat Jesus? I'm already preaching, and this is titled my introduction. But isn't that sometimes how we treat Jesus is that we look up at him and say, hey, is this all? Is this everything? Is this what you have for me? Is this, is this all that my life is going to amount to, or is there more? Is, are, are, did, you, did you stay up all night putting together that trampoline? Is it outside? I just need to know. Just tell me. I need to know if you're hiding a hippo, because that's all I want for Christmas. I'm not going to sing it to you. No, you don't want to hear me sing, Amy. Come on. We are commanded repeatedly over and over in the Bible to be thankful And it's something that we struggle with. That's why we're preaching about loaded. Because you need to understand as Christians how loaded you are. The moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are loaded with all kinds of things. And life can be difficult sometimes. Anybody say amen. Life can be difficult. And we've got to remind ourselves of all the benefits that having a relationship with God gives us. So that we can, in the midst of the hard time, we can say, hey, I'm loaded. I'm loaded. I may not be loaded as the world says that I'm loaded, but I'm loaded with all kinds of things. Pastor Steve has talked about that we're loaded with forgiveness, that that's the greatest benefit out of Psalms 103, that we're loaded with forgiveness. Then he talked about that we're loaded with healing. Somebody say amen. And he didn't just talk about spiritual healing because we all can grasp and understand that we're spiritually healed, but that he has also physically healed us. Amen. And that there is healing, that is part of the benefit. And then he talked about, though, we're loaded with redemption. If you weren't here last week and 
didn't hear that message, I know that we probably say it a whole bunch, but you need to grasp that part, that you are loaded with redemption, the redemptive power of God. It was a powerful service, and you can, you can go and watch it online if you missed it. But we're loaded, amen? And as Pastor Steve would say, why don't you look at your neighbor right now and with a little bit of swag, tell him, I'm loaded. I'm loaded. Tell him. Tell him, I'm loaded. And so we're going to continue in Psalms 103, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5, and you're going to pick up on all the things that we've already talked about. It says this, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Come on. There's a choice. You've got to forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your sin. Somebody say amen. And heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Anybody thankful that he's redeemed us from the pit? And then this is what we're going to talk about today. And crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So tonight, I mean tonight. I'm sorry, I preach a lot on Wednesday night. So when I preach on a Sunday morning, I got to remember, because there's no windows, I got to remember that it's morning. So this morning, yeah, it's night somewhere, right? But this morning, I, I want you to understand that we're loaded with a lid. That our Lord and Savior has loaded us with a lid. See, a crown of love and compassion is what he says that he has placed on our head. A crown of love and Compassion. See, another version says that we have been crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. How many of you know and understand that after the Lord redeems us, after he pulls us from the pit, he places a crown on our head? And see, a lot of us want that crown to be several different things. A lot of us would love that crown to be fame. A lot of us would love that crown to be money. A lot of us would love that crown to mean that you didn't have any problems in your life. But no, no, no. He says he redeems us from the pit and he places a crown of loving kindness and compassion. That's the crown that he places on our head. See, and the problem with that is that it makes us nervous. Come on. See, anytime you walk into a room and I, I'm going to talk about your attitude. See, we get, a little bit of ner we get a little nervous about that. Because, see, you understand that this crown is something that God's placed on your head. And he's wanting, it, you, he's wanting you to live your whole life based out of loving kindness and compassion. And, yes, that means at work. Somebody say amen. Yes, that means when your boss is on your absolute nerve and you can't even stand it. That means when they've sent you email and email and email reminding you something that's done. And it's not even time for the due date that they asked you to do it by. And you want to scream back to them and say, I'm on it. You've got to have some loving kindness and some compassion. Now, see, you don't want me to start talking about driving. Some of y'all need some loving kindness and compassion when you're driving. Some of you need to pay attention that when somebody's in the fast lane and they're not going over the speed limit, that's still okay because that's still considered fast. The slow lane is for people that want to go under the speed limit. See, but we don't want to talk about driving. We don't want to talk about our families. We don't want to talk about our spouses, and we sure don't want to talk about our kids. 
He's placed a lid on us that has completed the redemptive story, that he has forgiven us, that he has healed us, that he has redeemed our life from the pit, and he has placed a lid, a crown of loving kindness, of tender mercies, he, and compassion. He's placed that on top of us, and it's to dictate every part of our life, every aspect of our life. And so that removes all the excuses. That removes all the excuses like, hey, I'm just not a morning person. Well, you may not be a morning person, but you're still wearing the crown. Well, you understand that I'm just prone to get upset. Well, that's okay. You can be prone to get upset, but you're still wearing the crown. The crown has still been placed on your head, and you've got to make the choice to live your life through this crown. Come on, this is good. It deals with our attitude. It removes all of the excuses because he's placed a crown on us of loving kindness and tender mercies, compassion. That's what he's placed on us. So I want to talk to you about what a crown represents. The first is that a crown represents authority. See, we don't question that Jesus has all authority, right? You can, we can talk about Jesus having authority and you will say amen. I can quote Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth is what Jesus says. And you guys can say amen and we can talk about the authority of Jesus. But how many of you know that it also says in the same scriptures that we are heirs and co-heirs with Jesus? That means that everything that he's got, he's given to us. Every authority that he has, he has placed on us. So when we start talking about the authority that we have, come on. You don't want anybody to have any authority. We'll, we're, we'll amen Jesus having authority. But when you talk about me having authority or you having authority, it's different. But he's placed the same authority that he has. He's placed it on your life. See, therefore, not only did Jesus wear the crown of authority, we too are loaded and are supposed to wear the same crown of authority that he wore. And see, and what we want is we want the authority to boss people around. Somebody say amen. It makes us feel good. If I can tell somebody what to do and how to do it and they've got to do it, it kind of makes us feel pretty good, right? We want that kind of authority. We want to walk into a room and tell people what to do and point our finger and we want that kind of authority. But how many of you know that Jesus Christ had a little different authority? He had that authority, but he also had the authority to be loving, to be kind, to be merciful. And that's the same authority that he's placed on us is that that's the authority that we have is to be loving and to be kind and to be compassionate to other people. And we struggle with that. I'm just going to be frank with you. We all struggle with that. I struggle with that. You struggle with that. Christians that I see on TV struggle with that. My wife and I went, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, this isn't even in my notes, but we went to the K-Love Christmas concert. Okay. And we were invited to go to that, and we got to hear all kinds of great artists. As a matter of fact, Plum sang the song, All I Want for Christmas is a Hippopotamus. She sang that whole song, and it was incredible. But we were there, and it was cold, and there was a line way around the building like that, okay? So I don't know about you, but at a concert, sometimes I, I don't care if I get the front row seat or the back seat. I'm going to be able to hear and hear, and it's going to sound beautiful. And so Jesse and I just sat in the car till the line disappeared, okay? And we waited till that line disappeared, and we were sitting next to a car of a man and a woman that had a little itty-bitty baby. I mean little baby, a few months old baby. 
And so I just said, Jesse just said, hey, when they get out, maybe we'll get out. Because they're sitting in a big tall truck and they can see. So that's what we did. We waited till they got out and then we got out and followed them. And we walked up to the door, the same door that everybody was going in. Locked. I'm like, wait, we got tickets. We got tickets here. We paid for this, you know. We want to get in the door. And we're jiggling the handle and so me and the other husband that was there we start looking around you know trying to find another door and we're going around and we're looking and we're finding and finally we find that the the doors that are open now are way around the other side of the building it's cold and it's rainy there's a little baby there's an elderly man that's here that's not walking real well and we just wanted hey somebody inside just pay attention and let us in and finally they when I realized the door is way over there and I come back around to tell them where the door is, and me and Jesse are going to walk back around there. There's a man that had come to the door, a security guard. And he won't let him in the door. Because he was told not to let anybody in that door. And I understand he was just doing his job. But the lady with a baby that had a towel wrapped over him, trying to keep him warm and trying to keep him from being wet, just said, hey, you know what? A little Christmas spirit would have been really nice as she walks away. And how many of you know sometimes we're that person? At the checkout line at Walmart, when you've put it, you're, you're in the self-checkout and you've put it in the bag and it keeps telling you that it hasn't. I'm just being honest with you. We can call this confessions of a pastor here. I mean, you put it in a bag, so then you take it back out of the bag, and then you put it back in the bag, and it still doesn't recognize it, right? Like when you buy a loofah that doesn't weigh very much, and you're like, I've put it in the bag. How do you know that I haven't? And see, when you're in a hurry, if you're not careful, you'll let that shape your life rather than the crown that he's placed on us, the lid that he's put that's supposed to be loving kindness, that's supposed to be tender mercies, that's supposed to be compassion, and all of that. Is supposed to shape everything in our life. And what we really need to realize is that everything that we think is a big deal is probably not. It's probably not a big deal. At that church, I'm sure that that guy's boss would have been okay if he said, hey, there was an elderly man and a baby outside. It was freezing cold and it was raining. I let him in this door. If you don't like it, fire me. Being a little kind and compassionate. See, you know, right around Christmas, we start thinking about this. But how many of you know by January 15th, we've long forgot about that. We've gotten back in the hustle and bustle, and we're not worried about being kind, and we're not worried about giving gifts, and we're not worried about Jesus, our Savior, being born, and we're not worried about all of those things, and we go right back to the hateful person that we were, the bitter person that we were, and that's what we go back. And if we're not careful, that's the lid that we'll live by is bitterness. That's the lid that we'll live by is anger. That's the lid that we'll live by. But God has said, I've placed a lid on you that I want you to live by. I've placed that authority on you, and I want you to walk and reign in that authority. See, the benefit of forgiveness, healing, and redemption is not only supposed to affect our eternal destination, but it's also supposed to touch our attitude. See, the second thing is a crown reveals reigning. How many of you know that you don't reign without a crown? Nobody's going to say that you're reigning if you're not wearing a crown. That's what it represents. The idea of reigning is royal rule or authority, sovereignty, dominating power or influence. That's 
what reigning represents. When God has said that he placed a crown on us, that's what he was talking about is that he has created you to reign. He has created you to have the authority first and then to reign. That's what he has created you to be. Because think about this. God could have talked about us reigning with power. We would have liked that. We, he could have talked to us about reigning with force or fear. How about this? Signs and wonders. Anybody really wish that he would have said that we would have just reigned with signs and wonders? It would have been so much easier if we'd have just reigned by signs and wonders. See, but he didn't. It says that he crowns us. It's the testimony of the existence of authority. It's the proof, the identifying sign is that we operate in and we dominate and we have the operate in the dominating power of and under the influence of loving kindness and mercy. That's what he has created us to reign in, loving kindness and mercy. See, the word here for crowned also carries with it, with, with it the idea of surrounded. Surrounded. See, we're supposed to be surrounded by this crown. We're supposed to be surrounded by this love. We're supposed to be surrounded by this kindness, by this compassion. It's supposed to be surrounding us. It's supposed to infiltrate every part of our life. Are you guys getting this? That's what he's called us to do. That's what he wants us to do. That's why he says he redeems us and he places a crown of loving kindness. See, my question this morning is what makes our God famous? What makes our God famous? Think about that. What makes him famous? He could have been famous for all kinds of things. He could have been famous for his authority. He could have been famous for his power. But how many of you know that his throne is called the mercy seat? That's what his throne is known as. He could have been known and famous for his judgment. He could have been known and famous for power and authority, but no, 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 no. His throne, if we were sitting here and his throne was here, it would be known by mercy. It's called his mercy seat. That's what our God is known by. That's what he is famous for, is his mercy. It's what separates every other religion from our religion, is that they don't have mercy and we do. That that's what he is known by. That's what our God is famous for. All around the world, he is famous for his mercy. Mercy. See, the very season that we are in now is so marked by the power of his loving kindness and his mercy that a culture that will denounce the name of God, that will go against everything else, they'll sing a song away in a manger. They'll sing a song called Silent Night. They'll sing a song called, Oh Holy Night. A culture that opposes Jesus in every avenue. They take Jesus out of the schools. We can't even pray in schools. They've taken everything away from us. And yet, and during Christmas, this culture that is very opposing to Jesus somehow accepts the mercy and love that came to us in a little manger. It's because that's what our God is known for. That's what our God is known for. See, I heard a guy preach a sermon one time and said, and I almost preached it kind of like this, but he said the biggest problem with Christianity is Christians. That's the biggest problem. 
I'm, I'm, this is way off script, but I've got the liberty because I've got the microphone. Somebody say amen. But most of the time when I see people upset at, Matt, uh, upset at God, they're not really upset at God. They're upset at a man that was serving underneath God. You get upset about things and we form our opinions about who God is and what he is based on how men act. And then one man does something, one woman does something that we don't like. They do something that's not right and we'll say, God is not real. See, but the same way that they're wanting us to have mercy and loving kindness and compassion, maybe it'd help if somebody had some loving kindness and compassion towards the people that are leading the churches. Realize that they're human beings too. Learn, learn, realize that they make mistakes too. Realizing that we're not up here and we don't have the microphone, Brother Bryant, because I'm perfect. You know that. That's not the reason. I'm not up here because I've got it all figured out yet. That's not the reason. But we've got to have some loving kindness and some compassion. We are the church. That's the, that's the issue. People struggle to differentiate between the church and between people between the entity and between one person. But if we all were crowned with loving kindness and compassion, if we were famous for the same thing that our God was famous for, if the mercy seat that he was known for was the same mercy seat that we were known for, maybe there might be some people that would still be serving Jesus. I'm just saying. So see, my question to you, is what makes his followers famous. What makes God's followers famous? See, we're not known by our worship, but a lot of us think we are. We're not known by our prayer, although a lot of us think we are. We're not even known by our faith. We are not known by our miracles. We stand out in a crowd. What makes you different, what makes people know that you serve God is loving kindness and tender mercies. It's his compassion. It's his grace. It says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. Four letters. L-O-V-E. Love. You see, and this isn't necessarily the Christmas sermon, but it's the Christmas sermon. Because it's all about love. Love is what's supposed to transform and shape our lives. And if we're not careful, we'll let all kinds of other things shape our lives. We'll let the busyness of our jobs, we'll let the busyness of our families, we'll let the struggles that we've been through, the hard times that we've faced, the things that have happened to us, the pits that people have thrown us in, the pits that we have dug ourselves and gotten in and blamed everybody for throwing us in. We will let all of that shape our life, and we will live our life all the way through that. But God wants you to live your life through L-O-V-E, love. That's what he wants you to live your life Miss Kim, I'm going to have you come and play. We reign today by love. So let's just put it into your plate. What are you known by today? What do people know you as? Do they know you because of how pretty you are? That's not my scenario. 
Do they know you because of how tall you are? Andrew Ham, maybe. Woody Burpo, no. See, this is the truth. If I put a crown on your head and I took a picture of you and I put a blank spot above that crown and I sent it around to all of your friends, all of your family, all of your co-workers, all of the people in this church, and I told them, put one word there that best describes, in honesty, that best describes that person. What word would be on your crown? Can I tell you there's sometimes that I would be embarrassed to pass that picture around and ask you to put something on there? A few years ago when I played soccer real heavily, you might have known me as the temper. I'm just saying. See, y'all see a loving side of Woody and a smiling side of Woody, but you put me on a soccer field and it becomes serious. I know it's just a pickup game, but it's serious. I want to win. And if you double-cross me the wrong way, I might just get banned out of the hat trick. I don't know. See, my whole life, we've always, it was a joke when I was a kid, I'm sure, but they always talked about the burpo temper. I got to make for sure that my crown doesn't say temper. See, I got to make sure that my crown doesn't say workaholic. What does your crown say? What would people write above your crown? What would be the thing that you are famous for? That everybody at work knows you as fill in the blank. Would it be the crown that God placed on you? After he forgave you, after he healed you, after he redeemed your life from the pit and he put a crown on you, is it that crown or is it a crown that you, you took his crown off and you put on a different crown? What's the crown that's been placed on you? What have you allowed to be placed on you? What's the one word? Is it love? Is it joy? Is it compassion? Is it kindness? How about mercy? Are you a merciful person? Do you show the same mercy that God showed to you? Do you show the same mercy that you want others to show you? Or are you like the man in the Bible that got forgiven of a debt of 500 and he went out and threw somebody in jail because they owed him 50? Sometimes that's how we Christians live. That's how the world knows us. God has forgiven us from so much. He has redeemed us from so much. And yet we are the most hateful people ever. Sometimes you just got to smile every now and then. Let people know that you don't hate them. So that you can be known by mercy. So that you can be known by compassion. So that you can be known by love. That's the true Christmas story, is love, is grace, is mercy, is compassion, is kindness. That's the crown that God has placed on you. My question is, are you going to walk and live your life through that crown or through something else? Lord Jesus,
Lord Jesus, God, we need you. God, thank you in this series called Loaded. God, we thank you that you have forgiven us. We thank you that you have healed us. God, we thank you that you have redeemed us. But God, this morning, we thank you that you've placed a crown on our head. That you've not only done all of that, but you put a crown of authority on our head. You've put a crown that represents our reigning. And God, it's not the authority that we think, and it's not the reigning that we think. But Lord Jesus, it's your love. It's your kindness. It's your compassion. God, it's your mercy. God, I pray that we in this room, God, would be known what you're known for. That, Lord Jesus, the place where we sit, Lord Jesus, the place where we live would be known as mercy, just like your seat. Lord Jesus, I pray for everybody in the room, Lord Jesus, that struggles in this area. They struggle with their attitude. God, some of us in this room, Lord Jesus, if we didn't tell people that we went to church and that we believed in you, nobody would ever think that we did. And it's because we've let other things be our crown. We haven't let your loving kindness and your mercy be our crown. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.